I don't know how to be anybody else and I don't want to be anybody else because everyone else I am me and I've always like you know I was very much brought up with the sense of you know you are you there is nothing wrong with being yourself and Mm -hmm. people like it that's their issue they don't have to be around you around them Hey everyone, Nikki here and welcome to the Riffyard. I am joined by one of the UK's fastest rising country stars, Amelia Quinn. How you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? That was a good intro. Thank you. It's good, all right. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, um, you can take me out on tour, um, 10% <laughs> of the uh, of, of of your royalty nights and your pay packet and I'll, I'll introduce each night. How's that? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have yeah. to manager i think you might have done already but <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll talk to donna and just be like listen i'm part of the team now so i need my cart and the all the other bits and pieces yeah. i've only i've only met you two minutes ago but it's fine <laughs> that's all right that's all right that's showbiz <laughs> darling you know and all that almost as fast as lesbian relationships <laughs> <laughs> amazing so it's, you've already had quite the 2023 yeah <laughs> right yeah, you ain't, you ain't messing around, are you? No, I'm not. I don't tend to. Um, I can't sit still. It's it's chronic. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a wild one. I don't know who thought it was a good idea, but someone did, and now we're doing it, and now I can't stop because I've told everybody I'm doing it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You've, for me anyway, kind of been sitting, poking around, releasing, releasing, and then like I said, just 2023, you've just bashing down the doors, you know, you're playing everywhere, you know? I didn't think I was that busy. In comparison to years previous where I've like gigged a lot, but I suppose I was doing quite a few sort of pub gigs and I was kind of paying my dues and Mm. and and practicing live, just playing live is, it's hard and you can't practice it until you're on a stage. So yeah years doing that and I feel like it's not that busy and then everyone's kind of saying oh my god you're everywhere and I'm like yeah <laughs> I mean you're not wrong yeah <laughs> do you think that's something different in um the country world do you think it's harder to get out and play in the UK especially in, in the live circuit because I country think- is <laughs> it's, it's a funny one in the UK it's a funny one I think I don't necessarily box myself into genre I think I'm quite um, lucky in the way that the way I write and the way I perform and the sort of music that I create crosses over quite a few different genres, which means I can live in quite a few different spaces and scenes. Um, And having experience in different scenes as well, because I haven't always been country. um, I'm kind of shifting out of country a little bit. I've still still got my country family and I love them very, very much. But I'm also sort of evolving my sound as well to incorporate different things like blues and roots music and Americana. I think predominantly I'd probably say I'm more Americana now compared to where I began, which was really country. It was kind of country folky kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's kind of given me the edge in the sense that I can go and play a lot of different gigs. Like, for example... Um, I just supported Laura Evans, who is predominantly blues rock, yeah. but I can live in that, which is great. And I think that's kind of, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when you're an artist and you're writing songs, not to write, well, you can write to a genre, especially if you're writing for other people. If that's your thing, that's your thing. Yeah. But you feel that you have to write to a genre 
like a lot of the songs I write that I wouldn't necessarily use for myself are not my genre that I that I prefer singing and that's that's okay there's nothing wrong with that so yeah that's I think that's kind of where I sit so going back to your question uh, <laughs> I have massively struggled getting gigs in the scene because it's kind of a few different scenes it's great and the country scene is surprisingly big yeah it's definitely growing I mean I've been a I mean I know I don't look like uh, a, a country country dude you know but I've been a massive country fan for years um and for me especially in the UK it's kind of been here and present since about 2017 yeah that type of time but since then it is it's gone mad yeah it is you know to me it seems to have overtaken the stereotypical you know singer songwriter type of thing which I think some people um get the two confused sometimes yeah (laughs) you know um, especially being on this side of media yeah when you're looking at it you know I see people reporting on certain artists and saying sing a songwriter and I'm like I don't think that person would appreciate that <laughs> but then equally if someone is and nothing wrong with the singer songwriter label of course you yeah. know but you know yeah. that equally there's going to be people like yo I'm a country artist I'm not a singer songwriter you know so I think there's this kind of juggling act in some of the press anyway yeah and like I think some some media outlets and some people even they kind of see country well for the the reaction that I think I've gotten the most from people who aren't necessarily massive music fans or not really like in the scene or in the industry or anything like that they're kind of going our country and western I'm like no (laughs) yeah things have moved on since Hank Williams you know my buddy's called Hank, so you know. Yeah, on. of course, right. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think there's country is. So, I think what attracted me to country in the first place is that it is so broad, and it's. Mm. I've always said this. It's almost its own music industry within the genre because there are so many subgenres and ways of doing it and ways of being country and like. The thing that I think the thing that really kind of brought the crossovers and things like that to light and caused a lot of drama in the scene and in the industry as well was um, Old Town Road, Little Now There. And I thought, you know what, actually, I really love that conversation's happening because I think in a sense, yes, it is. Yes, it is country because it does influence the instrumentation. It's the storytelling, the Mm -hmm. theme in the lyrics that, you know, they're country. So why, why not? It's not just country, it's country and hip hop or mm-hmm. country, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But that is just like, that's one extreme end of a spectrum that has all these different kinds of music in that we can all kind of live in. And I think everybody could write a country song. It doesn't mean that you have to be a full on country artist and that's the only way you're allowed to do country music. I think everybody should experience it because the love and the intensity of the country fans like they are so supportive they are the first ones to jump in you know when you're announcing something they're celebrating with you they really follow on like they remember details I don't even remember I'm just like yeah <laughs> said that that happened oh yeah sure I'll take your word for it and like it's amazing so I think everybody should experience that and I don't think that we should be excluding anybody from the genre if they want to write a country song and release it in country chat do it why not yeah and I want to touch on something you said there that um you know, I've thought about and I've seen this 
this type of comment float around a few times is that people say if you're not from the us you can't be country so so i've seen people say <laughs> i know right yeah yeah like oh god that argument you know but you know especially in the uk people are going like how can you be like country and americana but in the uk it's like country in the uk is is not the same as you know and it's like you don't have to be a real farmer living on a farm you know you, you type of thing it's 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 not you yeah. know it's not all that like half of people in the us aren't riding combine harvesters every other day you know exactly right yeah they can come from all over the states and i think there's probably a little bit of in that you know within the states as well you know if you're from the north or if you're from new york you can't be a country musician what are you on about I think anybody can. It's, it's you know, it's called country. It doesn't mean you have to be from the country and it doesn't mean you have to be from a specific country either. And my argument to that is actually country music is made up of a lot of pre-existing genres. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and from a lot of different cultures and communities. I mean, you look at the history of the banjo alone and where that's come from and it's come from, you know, Africa and things like that yeah. and their skins. And it's kind of like, and where did the people from the US come from originally? <laughs> like, <laughs> <sorry>. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I've got questions. Yeah, no, that's great. Because, you know, I remember when um, John Pardy um, came out and people were like, but he's Californian. <gasps> and it's like, well, it's like, all right, it gets a bit more sunshine than he does in Nashville, right? You know, like, come on, you know. Uh, it's, it's a, it, I think country is summed up by the storytelling. I think that's the key of country music is the storytelling. If you can tell a story in your song, then you can write country music. And I think that the majority of, you know, good songwriters, they can do that. So a good song is a good song, no matter what genre it is. Just totally don't man. people out of things. And don't box people into things either. If they want to be something else, that's fine yeah yeah it's it's it is interesting with that isn't it it's um i suppose like most genres they do come with some sort of um stigma attached to them in some sort of way you know and you know all this other crap if you're not if you're not actually doing it mm. like yourself people from i don't know a punk rock background will probably be like we're like that's not punk yeah yeah exactly and uh, all, all that stuff <laughs> yeah totally i think you know like you said in there and well said i think you know you got to look at the makeup of what what makes the song the song there and country music is about storytelling and the instrumentation behind it that that's it just because you're not born bred nashville drinking jack daniels all day it doesn't mean that you can't write a ripping country song you know Exactly. And like music is a, it's, it's a form of communication. Yeah, it's entertaining and things like that. And there's a lot more to it now. But ultimately, it is a form of communication. Mm. Why exclude people from communicating their message, which someone could really need yeah. to see themselves represented somewhere, someone could just need those particular lyrics on that day, they might not even be a fan of the genre, but that's one song really connects with them who who is anybody to say oh no you can't do that that's not your genre you should you don't exist there you shouldn't do that mm. no one's choice it is ultimately the artist's choice to do whatever the hell they want 100 percent. and i think you know credit to the uk country fans they're some of the most loyal 
I've ever come across in any genre. A hundred percent. And they really, what is great actually, um, probably more than any other genre is that they really get behind grassroots, Mm -hmm. fresh new artists, young talent. And that's so good to see because you just know that like in five to 10 years that, you know, whatever the scene is like now, it's going to be like mega by that time, you know. I hope so. And it's the people that are here now and it's those dedicated people that are helping build the scene because without Mm. them, there wouldn't be anybody coming to the shows and you can really you can really count on them and I think that's so special as especially as an independent artist as an upcoming artist it's so you know it's such a privilege to be able to count on people to have your back and support you and enjoy what you do and and kind of you know I'm not saying they have to I'm not saying they should enjoy every single you know if you're a fan of one of my songs you're a fan of all of them you don't have to be but you know that's someone somewhere is going to be listening to it and they're going to you know be there for you and they're going to congratulate you whether they're coming to the show or not they'll congratulate you on getting it and I think that's really it gives a real boost in an industry that can be really really difficult yeah um well said I think I mean you've got to look at the I suppose the I want to say explosion it's a bit of a cheesy way to say it but um, it probably feels that way since pandemic, but there's so many great country Americana festivals and things just popping around now. Mm-hmm. And um, they're the real deal. You know, they're they're putting the effort in and really trying to um, bring that feeling along with it, you know, as well as getting artists from across the seas to come and, you know, like, hey, you know, the UK's got a big scene here too, man you know um there's I mean you've already played some festivals this year right I have I played um the country on the car I think I might be wrong when I say this I think that was the first festival of the year I want to say it was because it's only March so it must be (laughs) they've all bled into one at this point um but yeah country on the Clyde up in Glasgow and that sold out which is just kind of a testament on CTC weekend as well which is kind of a testament to how hardcore these country fans are that they can come and sell out that show on a weekend where there's something massive going on. I mean, granted, it's kind of it's in the day and it's kind of complimentary, which is what I love about it is that it's complimentary to see to see as well. Yeah. But I know, especially this year, everybody's in a bit of a tough position. So the fact that people are still going out and buying tickets for the shows that they believe in, the genre they believe in, the artists they believe in, that's that's probably means even more now than it's ever done. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, um, we've got like, you know, Black Deer Festival and of course you've got like C2C, which is obviously like the, it's the the Glastonbury of country music yeah, festivals yeah. in the UK, you know. Uh, did you get, um, have you been to uh, Black Deer before? I have not. It's on my bucket list. It was, um, I, I, I went, uh, when did I go? In tw- 2018, I went there. And um, I was working for a, a PR firm at the time and they were looking after Sonia Lee. Ah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, just a phenomenal artist, just a prolific songwriter. Like, variety as well. Um, oh, God. In genres and blurring lines, that's one of the things I really like about her is that she does not stick to one thing. She's like, this is who I am. This is my personality in my songs. Take it or leave it. 
yeah yeah absolutely you know and she's kind of like the gold standard in like here's a song it might not be just this one you know not just plain old country but it's got this and it's got that and um it's still going to be great yeah and she's writing for other people and stuff you know it's just she's a real great example of um the etiquette in songwriting you know especially in the genre and stuff she she's fabulous and i met uh artists like katie hurt there for the first time um who's another just prolific songwriter really you know um yeah it was a fantastic festival it really really got into like i can be want to go even more now <laughs> yeah it was it was a great time man and that was like that was the first time for me that i i've i felt the country buzz you know really starting to to like kick off and it was it was you know it just made me yearn for it even more you know it's it's amazing you know so but while we're talking about all that your songs man firing away getting played everywhere left right and center it's yeah it's like it's hard to keep up with almost (laughs) (laughs) i'm tagged in and i know know there's probably other things as well and i don't i try and do my best to catch up with everything as well you know i make a point of going through my social media sort of periodically I try not to spend too much time on social media because it can it can get you down <laughs> but yeah. I've seen a lot of stuff on there as well which has just been really cool and really nice that people are wanting to listen to my songs and wanting to play my songs it's kind of that's that's kind of the biggest compliment you can get really as a as an artist as a songwriter someone listening to it yeah absolutely I think from um the way you write songs not only is it taking from that storytelling point of view, but I think it's the honesty in, in your writing um, that definitely <laughs> takes people by, by the ear, you know, yeah. and you can, it's only a testament to, you know, you've got your Patreon page now, which is growing exponentially, you know, you're playing festivals, you know, and you just got the latest single magpie out, which is a ripper, you know? Um, so, you know, make sure. It... Sorry. I finally written an upbeat song. It's taken me a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. Again, it's honest, you know, and I think that's why um, you're gaining the traction you are, you know, signing management deals and stuff with Zed Imagined and, you know, all this stuff. It's fantastic, you yeah. know. <laughs> it's great. I don't know how to be anybody else and I don't want to be anybody else because everyone that's else, great. I am me. And I've always, I, you know, I was very much brought up with the sense of, you know, you are you, there is nothing wrong with being yourself. And mm-hmm. if people don't like it, that's their issue. They don't have to be around you, okay. you be around them. And I've always carried that. Like I remember moments in, you know, in primary school where okay, I was not a popular kid. I was, I was not the one with loads of friends or anything like that. And, um, and I was very, I think I had one friend when I was in primary school and that was fine. I didn't really like occasionally I'd be like oh kind of why why do I not but then move on from that and go eh whatever it doesn't matter and that's kind of an attitude that I've carried with me throughout my life and I think that's kind of why I can be so honest in my songwriting as well because I'm not afraid to be who I am I'm not afraid to live my truth and I think there is something to be said for you know writing fictional things for you know drawing on stories from movies and books and things like that as well and you know everything is embellished as well <laughs> but I think when it's rooted in honesty that's 
that's the material that always hits the hardest that's material that always connects the most with the most people and everybody interprets it differently I don't have to go out here and tell people exactly what each song is about to be honest I don't think I could I don't know what each song is about exactly they just kind of come out and then maybe a few months down the line I'll go oh oh right okay yeah yeah it's funny how that is isn't it completely but I'm just putting a little piece of myself into these songs and chucking them out into the world and hoping that someone likes it and someone understands it absolutely man well, uh, don't don't stop that it's great man in fact actually i want to talk to you about your previous single river you know because it is bold to start with <laughs> it, you yeah know, it's, um... you know, when when did you when did right i want to ask you about this because there's always that thing um you know i've been in songwriting sessions with people and stuff like that myself and there's sometimes there's always this emphasis of like right gotta get vocals in by 11 seconds gotta yeah, get but... you know don't force get to the chorus you know type of thing like that but you come out with the single and you're like <laughs> I'm just gonna tell my band to hold fire for about five minutes and uh just gonna I'm just gonna do a little 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 vocal intro here you know what? What, made you, what made you go like that's where I'm gonna start with it it's how the song happened it's how the song is um we we had a little kind of discussion, Donna and I, um, about the radio edit, because obviously, you know, we're, we're building a career. We've got to find the balance between we're building a career for commercial success. I, you know, I would like to live off of my music. I don't want to work a day job for the rest of my life. I like my day job, don't get me wrong. It's great. It's really flexible. Love it. Love my colleagues. But um, music <laughs> is where I would like to go full time. That'd be great. Um, so we had this conversation about the radio edit and... Because the intro is so long, we had to cut half, well, not the intro is the first verse, technically. We had to cut half of it for the radio because otherwise the radios are less likely to pick it up, basically, if it goes, you know, over so many minutes um, and things like that. I mean, I, I hate all of that. I understand it. I hate it. I get it, yeah, but it drives me nuts. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you're damning my creativity. But I, I, understand, yeah. I get it. I love this song, but can you just chop half of it out? I'm like, oh, it's um but we had this conversation she was like so you, are you gonna put the radio edit out as the single and keep the full version for the album and I was like no right. <laughs> okay you, you're less likely to get playlists did you understand that I was like yeah okay I will take that hit because I understand for the radio we did it for the radios we put that out there and I didn't mind that so much because it kind of left something to the imagination to sort of be discovered on release day. Fair enough. Of course. Yeah. But I could not bring myself to put was essentially half a song out. I get the reasoning behind it. But I was like, I really understand it, but please roll with me on this one because yeah. that is not the song. The song has that second half of that first verse. And yeah. to me, it's my favorite bit of vocal as well, when it goes up on fire. I was like, I really want to <laughs> It sounds really good. I'm really proud of that one. That was that was one continuous take. I really want to put that in. Yeah. Um, and it kind of and she was like, "Yeah, what well, you're the artist. Ultimately, you know, it's up to you. You've got to keep your integrity and all that." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And I'm really grateful to her for understanding that because I was kind of like, "I know this is not what you want to do, <laughs> um, but please." And yeah, and I kind of didn't really, apart from that moment where we were preparing to release it, any of the writing, any of the rest of it, I didn't really put too much thought into that side of the okay well you know 
if I write this, then it won't go onto this. Cause I don't write for radio. I don't write to release. I don't write for anybody else, but myself. And it just happens that I have songs that I would like to share with other people and they find, you know, meaning and, and comfort and whatever else in it. But ultimately I think, yeah, I don't write for anyone else. And that's why my songs don't necessarily follow a standard <laughs> as it yeah. were, kind of. Yeah, I, but you know, that's great. Because, <laughs> you know, again, I was saying keeping that honesty while also yeah. having those um traditional values of specific genres or I'm going to take a bit from that genre I'll take a bit from that genre but ultimately it's you and ultimately it's still being that honesty thing Mm -hmm. and I always say this um to people writing songs it's like it really really doesn't matter about you got to do this 11 second crap or do that be brave brave and be honest that's the if you start writing for anybody else, if you're just writing to be creative and you're not, you know, obviously writing to a brief, writing for other people, it's different when you are a commercial songwriter, that is very different. And that's a of job course, yeah. and it has got, you know, things that you need to go with and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're writing for the sake of writing or you're just writing because you are a songwriter and an artist and that's how your journey's going, the minute you start thinking, right, well, this needs to have this certain sound. It needs to be this length and it needs to kick in by 30 seconds. It's less than that now. Mm. And um, the minute you start doing all of that, that's when you get writer's block. That's when your brain just goes, oh, I can't do it. Can't do anything good. Yeah. You're not just letting your soul speak, your heart and your soul. You're just, you, you're bogged down by all these restrictions. You can go back and edit. You can go back to your song that you've written and go, okay, well, now I need to, you know, speed that up. Can I move anything here? Can I take anything out? But initially, like, if you're a songwriter, do yourself a favour. Just write. Just write whatever the hell you want, whatever you're feeling. Just do it. Put it on paper. Put it on a voice note. Write however you write. And then go back to it. If you really have to, then go back to it and make those commercial industry standard changes. Don't Don't box yourself in like that. Absolutely. Uh, great advice there. Great advice. What is your process for writing then? Do you have a, a, a set way? That's, uh, no, it was a great link, right? Great link. Oh my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's the answer we thought of this? No, um, I don't have one. If I'm being completely honest, I don't have one. Um, usually I'm doing something else. Oh, I'm supposed to be doing something else. And I'm supposed to be getting ready to go somewhere. And it's like, as I'm ready to walk out the door, ooh a line that's my and I have to do it then and there or it runs away and it gets scared and and I'll never see it again and I'm like oh my god now I've got to write this now um or the middle of the night which my uh, mother half really really enjoys (laughs) she's always like oh what are you doing why are you getting up I'm like I'm right in she's like (laughs) I don't understand (laughs) um but she usually gets up and listens on the stairs. <laughs> That's my music room. So I've got my music room on the stairs right there. So she sits on the stairs and listens. That's awesome. To what I'm writing. Um, but yeah, no, there's no, for me, it's just very much a, as it happens, as inspiration strikes. Like yesterday I was going through way old lyrics um, that I had like scattered around. I was collecting all of them and just kind of like keeping them in the folder, future reference, all ideas and things like that. And I kind of finished a song that I'd written and I didn't like it at the time that I wrote it but I finished it off and I kind of reworked it a little bit and I actually really like it now so I might do something with it 
that's awesome man that's awesome nice that process for me i'm just one of those scatty (laughs) it's hard isn't it you know uh there is there are times when you're in like a good writing wave Mm-hmm. and you I may come up with like patterns and formulas not in terms of what the song is constructed but how it's yeah. how it's created and you go well that's working it's like someone going well I can only write wearing my lucky slippers or something you know it's like I need you know type of thing it's uh, and then it have... changes and then it stops working you've got to find the next thing <laughs> yeah. I get so mad before I write a song like I get I can feel it coming it's a cycle and I've worked out I mean I've been writing since I was 11 so like nearly 15 years oh my god (laughs) I'm not saying that out loud again Um, I've worked out what the cycle is and I write in clusters I'm in a cluster at the moment you know songs yesterday I've I've been writing loads and um and then I'll go dry for ages and I'll be like oh my god I don't know how to write anymore I haven't written a song in ages and then I'll kind of start getting an itch to be like, I want to write something. It's really annoying me. And I get really wound up. And it's like, it physically, like, I get really angry <laughs> about it. And then we've got to come up, do write a song. And then I'll just go into another cluster and write a whole bunch more. And I'll be like, I'm amazing. I'm a great songwriter. And then it starts over. <laughs> <sighs> it's exhausting, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. Do you, so do you end up writing for any other people then? Um not currently I've co-written a couple of songs um the first co-write I ever did actually was with an artist called Fanola um who was about to start releasing again which I'm so excited about she took a little break and I was like don't quit though she's like no I'll be back um but we co-wrote a song and she was amazing but I said she'd done a few co-writes before and she really guided me throughout the process and it was over zoom because of lockdown uh and we wrote a song called games which we ended up releasing as a duet um so that was quite fun for my first co-write to be a single. And then that put the pressure for the rest of the co-writes, which was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no, it was yeah. far too high. Um, and then I wrote, uh, co-wrote a song with Louise Parker as well, um, which she released, um, which is kind of more of a, a pop kind of vibe. Um, I think I was there for kind of the innuendos, really. And I was like, I'm definitely getting the word rim in a song. And she was like, you're not going to get it. I was like, yes, I am. And I absolutely did. <laughs> And yes, it is what it's what it sounds like. It's supposed to mean that. <laughs> um, That's great. <laughs> we had to tone it down just a little bit, just for Louise, save her career and all that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I haven't massively written for anyone else, but it is something I'd like to start doing. I think this year I'm going to, I've got too much for this year already, um, but maybe next year I'll start writing. So if anybody wants any songs, hit me up. <laughs> yes absolutely everyone must go and um, contact you for co-writes and what have you so but on the subject of that busy year busy year spill the beans oh what beans there's a lot of beans to be to be spilled there is wow yeah come on we got are we going to be on are you going to be going on tour i don't know if the demand is there then it would make sense to wouldn't it do we have uh, an album title we do have an album title. I can give you that. Wonderlust and Breaking Rules is the album title. Great title. Yeah. Oh, that's a killer title. I had that title before I even had the whole track list. Like, I was like, this this is the title of my album. This was before Medicaid as well. Like, oh, whatever my last ones were. Maybe the singles or something. And I was like, this is my, my album title. I'm not doing an album yet, but it's my album title. The album <laughs> title. Going to keep that pinned somewhere. 
um tammy got me like a, a new songwriting book that says what did last one i was like that's really cute oh that's sick um but yeah i had that for ages from a song um daddy's girl which yes it is going to be on the album it's kind of obvious it's the title of the album <laughs> um, and it opens with that line as well so you know just confirming that for you um mm. but yeah we've kind of got that coming in november um do you want the date yeah hey, go on. no one no one's got the date yet go on then. <laughs> uh the 17th of november will be the album amazing that's so good Which 17th is of november the the record is released that's yeah. great so are you going to be touring around that then today yeah might be might not be have you got a release show 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 booked in might do i love it you've been so coy man it's, it's good so what are we going to be expecting from the record um gonna be expecting a lot of breaking rules <laughs> which we kind of have already you know with river and all that kind of stuff yeah um, there will be so we've got we've had magpie we've had river which is the first two singles it's gonna be another two singles uh coming from the album uh one of them the next one will be coming quite soon, actually. Um, and then the other one, we're going to have a little break in the summer, just so everybody's expecting it, because I am, in fact, getting married <laughs> in the summer. So we had oh, to have Congratulations, a man. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was like, I'm not having a release campaign while I'm also getting married and doing my wedding and honeymooning and all this stuff. It's just too much. So we're having a little break in between. Um, but there'll be plenty of news going out um, and little bits and pieces in between those two singles and then we'll have another one um a couple months before the album and then the album um and it's kind of like I kind of mentioned before I'm kind of shifting genres a little bit I'm kind of blurring lines blending um these all sort of come from myself my personality my heart you know as always they're all quite you know honest as you say <laughs> um but they're kind of they're not necessarily all brand new some of the songs I wrote years ago um when I was still doing my undergrad so quite a long time ago and they just happened to slot into this body of work I kind of don't I don't necessarily go right I'm going to sit down and write an album I'm going to write specifically for this body of work I kind of collect songs and if a few songs sort of start coming together then I'm kind of like oh okay there might be something in that and that's what's happened with this album it's you know the same way as it happened my EPs it's just more tracks yeah. um it's a 10 track album give you that as nice, well. nice amazing nice round number i was like i'm not going anything under 10 so i have to have 10 it was good it was almost 12 and then i cut a couple of songs because i was like they don't quite fit so they might come out later but yeah 10 track album um november 17th and yeah i'm very excited for it very excited it's a bit edgier which is fun i kind of get i kind of get that vibe from obviously the first two songs that you've released already you know yeah. and like I said the honesty and it's, it's definitely fearless <laughs> yeah we're, we're um we're challenging some kind of like standards here a little bit <laughs> I mean we we have been since doing the recording the, the whole album so very minus 10 tracks full band and everything um everything aside from the backing vocals was recorded in two days oh right so did you record it live Pretty much, yeah. So the drums, the bass, the electric guitar, the acoustic guitar and the vocals, lead vocals. Um, I think almost every track on there 
bar maybe a word in one of them I think I think I messed up on one word and I was like but my voice broke on it and we just subbed in another word for it but otherwise everything is just a continuous take live tracks no click track either just as we play it live so it's kind of really got that energy which is really nice um because that's kind of where the magic lies and you kind of feed off of each other when you're playing live it's different you know to when you kind of like okay let's do drums and then let's do bass you you really bounce off the energy going into it and each take is different so it's not like we can go back and just be like oh just lay over this bit a little bit like we did that with the solos but even then he's like we, we literally did the track solo track solo track solo because we we're very much still in that moment and that energy and it's really it's really captured that live sound because it's very different really different recording to live so yeah we've managed to put yeah. it on record that is amazing man it's been a while since i've heard anyone do um like really anchoring down a record for that you know people do the odd song like that and try and do but a whole album in two days that's it was intense it was like yeah. pretty much you know two 12 hour days a lot <laughs> you know but we we kind of got into a rhythm which was really nice and I'm super super grateful to my band as well like they are incredible musicians in their own right and um and to have them sort of back, back me and, and play my songs and put so much love themselves into my songs as well it's you know it's a huge huge honor and um we got into a rhythm we kind of went you know a few takes this was new, really new as well for, for a few of us and myself included I haven't recorded in the studio since wrote off and wrote off was recorded just me and the and the sound engineer who is now one of my very very good friends um I'm always my mixing engineer now as well he can't leave he's not allowed to quit now um but that was just us too so it was completely different to live tracking in the studio with the band and um and yeah it was just like the most insane experience because once we got past those first few takes like like the first song it was two three takes per song and we smashed it as and like the and like i said it's continuous as well there's no edits it's like one word one song i can't remember which song it is but yeah there's no edits in this man that is awesome that's awesome crazy what was the prep like for that a lot of rehearsing because <laughs> you don't want to go in and waste studio time either because you're like you're paying by the hour for these things yeah. um yeah a lot of rehearsing a lot of sort of back and forth um doing demos and things like that as well um in the rehearsal room so we kind of set up to be able to record the rehearsals and then say okay right this bit we want to change that or we're changing the structure here or you know getting all those preps so that it was literally as if we were going to go and gig the album yeah um obviously with with the advantage that we could just kind of hit delete if it was bad <laughs> but yeah it was the same as as a big gig prep and um and just making sure that everybody was happy although you bring so much more crap to a studio like it was you have so many like spare streams plectrums or i have um am i allowed to like swear swear yeah of course you can okay yeah. i have an old fuck bag <laughs> which is anything that you think oh fuck I've got it in my off-up bag. So I brought that and that was massive. I like padded out with everything I could possibly need um, for everybody, not just for myself either. And like <laughs> different drums and drum skins and sticks and all of it. And then obviously the snacks and the drinks and things like that. Of course, studio um, snacks is so important. Honestly, it was like, I was like, how long are we actually moving into the studio for? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much stuff. But it's, yeah, it was amazing. 
what was your um, studio snack of choice? Oh my God. So John, my guitarist, John W. Doyle is my guitarist. Um, and he is also an artist. So definitely go check him out. John W. Doyle music. Um, but his other, his partner, Ash made, I think it was gingerbread and they went down a storm. Oh my God. She's brilliant. She's a brilliant baker. And now she kind of packs him off with baked goods to each rehearsal, which is highly appreciated. <laughs> but yeah, That's those guys were amazing. So I think that kind of was the the choice of everybody. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. It, you know, it's it's so refreshing to hear a record being done that way, because um, it is hard with different budget constraints, and especially as a solo artist like yourself, it's hard to kind of um, have a band. Mm-hmm. a set band you know i know a lot of people yeah. that struggle with that because um people go well i want to want to be in a band i want to you know i don't want to be under someone's name and things and i i totally get that you know um but i think if you're playing good music great songs mm-hmm. with good people that stuff kind of becomes a bit irrelevant you know yeah but- i think it only works if the, if the people in your band like what they're playing because mm. that's when they're going to put their soul into it that's why they're, they're really going to put the effort into it if they're just playing for the sake of playing it or for the sake that it's always oh, paid gig i'll just play this music they're not getting in the groove they're not getting in the vibe and i'm so much about vibe and that's you know a huge part of the reason that we track this live is for the vibe i wanted to get the the performance i'm very much a performance over perfection kind of person as well so yeah, in the world, you you are going to hear little bits where you know room sound or like the click of a pedal or you know it's that atmosphere because I'm not going to go back and just edit all that stuff out because then it has no no soul to it it's got no life to it and um and so to have a band that you know really enjoy what they're playing they bring that as well and they bring that attitude with them and I've you know I've had I've been in different bands before I've had bands bands that very much band bands and they're great but I think for you know from my experiences and for myself and with what I write because I'm such a solo writer trying to yeah. co-write as much as I'd like to you know I'm, I'm getting better at it now but previously I've been such like a solo writer and I'm, I'm so bare in what I write you need to be comfortable with the people that you're going in and presenting these songs to and being like this and this is me <laughs> this is me completely yeah. play is my heart and soul yeah. no one ever sees this can yeah. you make it sound big <laughs> can you like pad it out so that I can you know play it with confidence and not just be like oh, oh my god <laughs> yeah totally totally man that's so good to hear you know it's I think a lot of people can can take a lesson from that mm-hmm. it's very it's like I said it is tough with budget constraints and things like that especially cost of living crisis and all the other crappy mm. stuff that's going on at the moment it's it's hard to find time and money and get those two to kind of marry up and then go and produce you know like you said you know here's my heart on my sleeve please judge you know yeah. it's like you know ev- everyone here it yeah. is and you know go- mixing engineers you know it's not just the band in that situation either you've got the you know the audio engineer in the studio who's working his magic recording everything we had done um, ben harper at motor museum um nice and he i mean he just gelled straight away i was a little bit apprehensive because it's a new person coming into this you know quite we're quite close as a band yeah. as well and kind of this tight-knit group and i was like i really hope 
he gets on, I really hope he's got good banter as well because that's so important to us. <laughs> we joke around and, you know, it's it's um, not always hugely appropriate. Because <laughs> 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 sometimes, like, you know, the no filter kind of engages. Um, like, I had a, a mug that has had a, I heart my something on it. And I was like, this is a thing. This is just who I am. I'm just, I'm just weird and funny and awkward and whatever. And I don't really care. But he just yelled so well and like we had a right laugh. We had one point where the drummer, James, um, unfortunately doesn't play with us anymore and I'm so good about it, but he's doing amazing in his own band, um, Wax Street Cast, an indie band, they're great. Um, and if you like sort of indie rock music, go check them out. Um, but he he had a moment where he messed up a take and he just went, it's all right, I'll just be better. Amazing. <laughs> just, and actually, I was like, just be better. And it just, but Ben was getting in on it and everything. So, you know, you've got him and he's kind of come into it and he's brand new, but he gelled in so well. And then you kind of like have to pass on the music then because I'm like, okay, I've got to pass it on to the mixing engineer. He fortunately is my really good friend. He gets me. I don't have to tell Arjun anything. I'm just like, you know what I'm thinking. Go for it. Have at it. Send it back to me. Couple tweaks, usually like vocal louder or quieter or whatever. Um, send it on to him and then a mastering engineer has to go hear it so you're kind of like you're giving you this little piece of yourself to the band and then you're giving it to the studio engineer and then you're giving it to mixing engineer and then you're giving it to mastering engineer by the time you got there you're giving it to so many people you're like okay i'm all right giving it to everybody else now yeah yeah cool <laughs> and it's still scary you think yeah i don't think people sometimes um understand the um the mixed emotions you can get from releasing songs it's because so you get this hell yeah i've got this amazing creative outlet and look at this awesome achievement i've managed to do like and you, i can't wait to everyone oh my god it's about that i, yeah. I, hope, no one, I hope no one really gets it but i hope they get it intense and you wouldn't you know you've, you've got a certain amount that you might say about it but you wouldn't necessarily say everything about it because they can come from really really vulnerable moments and I'm like as much as I can be really honest and really vulnerable in my songs I don't talk I'm really bad at talking about things or just going hey I'm not doing so good I'm getting better at it now but usually oh. it's, you know, it comes out in a song and things it's really it's a really difficult thing to do so to then put that out on a platform where absolutely anybody in the world can listen to it they can comment on it and they don't have to comment nice things you know that it doesn't have to be a good thing that they're commenting you're just putting it out there and just seeing what happens you're like i hope it goes well because you've got no control but at that point and that's like really quite terrifying and you don't realize it or you don't necessarily click with it i don't anyways until it gets release week which i'm kind of doing i just had a moment today and i was like oh shit you know because we're recording this previously i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah. like, oh. and like there's a few songs on there which are you know they they came from I didn't write them for anybody else. I wrote them for my own healing. So I'm kind of like, mm. oh God, I hope nobody like kind of goes, you good, bro? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Coming back to what we we're talking about before with like radio edits and stuff. Mm. I think that's why, um, you know, for me, when I was in a band and we had to do things like that, the other guys would be like, yeah, we'll just uh, chop that bit out. And I'd be like, oh, hang on a minute. But that's the most meaningful <laughs> bit. <laughs> I was like, hang on a minute. You know, getting my hand on hip and wa waggy finger out, like, what do you, what do you mean that bit? Honestly, that I've bit had changes and I'm like, no, but that's actually referring to this. And they're like, ah, we're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, I can't advertise it, but it's referring to something specific. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, or 
um you'd be submitting to to radio and they'd be like oh have you got an edit you'd be like um no i don't really try and edit the songs when they're finished yeah it's you know that... type of thing without trying to be a condescending or anything but yeah. you know like we're saying we understand i get it i understand you know they paranoid that if someone doesn't like it they're going to turn off radio and all those other things but um, certain things certain criteria as well you know they've got to keep their listenership in and if it goes on for yeah that, and i totally get it but yeah sometimes it just loses the integrity of the song that like i've got there is a five minute and 12 second song that's great <laughs> album and i'm kind of like i could do a radio edit but i'm not going to because it would just i i tried and it just completely destroyed the whole meaning and story of the song and i was like do you know what people are just gonna have to live with it if they want to play on the radio great if they don't that's fine people will listen to it people are still gonna go and hopefully <laughs> listen to it and stream it and play it on cd and things like that and at least then they are getting the full thing you know they're getting the full experience yeah yeah well said is you know i think with the radio edit thing as well just um adding to that with everything being on a digital streaming platform now and having it streamed there's kind of a great thing that you don't have to really edit for a streaming service yeah because you know there's so much out there it's it's people's own preference at that point i mean i'm not the type of person that will listen to five seconds of a song go nah boring uh you know and skip it it's like all right well this might be the start of a story that i might love i've done it myself because sometimes i'll skip i'll you know take a while to get going i'll skip a song i'm not in the mood for it at that point or whatever and i'm like "Eh." and then i'll come back around and i'll be in a kind of different mood or i'll I'll kind of listen to i'll see see where this goes and then it tends to like the best song ever and i'm like oh them past me for skipping over that i've like deprived myself of this song yeah yeah yeah, yeah I think, think of I, all the hours i could have been yeah. listening to this yeah get forward through the song to see if it picks up if you're more in like an upbeat mood and you want to see if it picks up that's great i think you can come back to it as well and like there's just so many different situations that you listen to music in and i think it follows you know you're not necessarily gonna want to listen to the same song in the morning as in the evening and yeah. you know if that's the case and that's fine come back to it come back to a different playlist come back to a different record and like my my record is you know wanderlust breaking rules has got so much light and shade in it it's got so much kind of variation in it that it could i would i wouldn't be offended if someone picked and chose what they listened to at different times of the day the only thing that i would ask is anybody listening it to the for the first time listen to it through because there's a reason the tracks are in that order and I just like to obviously, you know, communicate that and for people to have that experience and have that story. But you know, after that, just do what you want. It's yours. It's you know, once it's out there, it's it's yours to keep. I love that, man. Yeah. You know, with with that, do you do you hate it when people put things on shuffle? No, because I'm really bad for it. <laughs> I understand it. I get it. I get it. I get the shuffle. I do. I, I probably should not do this. When I, if I'm listening to a whole album, I'll listen to it like as it's supposed to go. But then, you know, I kind of like, um, if I get in the car and I'm just going through a journey, I just go, shuffle, shuffle that playlist, shuffle on that, you know, that album that I've heard before. I'm like, yeah, go for it. Any songs, give me. 
<laughs> so okay so if you're in a car on a long journey mm-hmm. are you pl- are you playlisting lots of songs or are you listening to full records it depends on my mood and it depends who's released as well so when brothers osborne put their album out i listened to that front to back in the order so many times <laughs> and, then I was and then i was like picking and choosing my favorite songs and they're making their way into like my algorithmic playlist and all this kind of stuff um and you know and this and the same you know with with records that kind of come out and they're on my radar like i think miranda lambert's one as well palomino mm. i listened to that you know front to back on the first go and then hit the shuffle and experience it a different way i think there's something kind of cool about being able to shuffle records as well as much as they're set out in a certain story you know and on a certain journey you can almost find alternative paths for that record by putting it on shuffle and seeing what comes up next and it's kind of ends up become a lottery and then you can kind of find different ways it could have been placed and it's just it's having the choice and it's having the options and that's one of the good things about having streaming sites there's a lot of bad things as well you know they don't pay very well I think that's kind of an open secret <laughs> but I think that's one of the advantages is that you can just kind of go I'm in this mood give me music for this mood or I I kind of I want to have a variety give me a variety or I want to listen to this record but not in a certain order you know in the order that's laid out in you can have those options you can make those choices as an individual and that kind of almost opens up more music discovery than going into a record shop and buying a CD and having that sit CD for ages. But do that too. Get CDs too. <laughs> of course, of course. So are you are you an anti are you an anti-streamer, anti-digital music? No, because I wouldn't discover half of the artists that I like if I didn't have Spotify. Mm. And I think it is it's a great discovery platform. But I think what people and fans can do, and I think they do do it as well when you find an artist that you really really like make the step to go and find them on social media and follow their pages go to their concerts you know buy their merch depending on how much you like this person but I think there's kind of an expectation from some artists um industry-wide I'm not this is not aimed at anybody at all before anybody comes at me oh my god (laughs) in general um I think you can you know you can get that expectation of saying well you know if someone's streaming my music they should be buying concert tickets or they should be buying my my biggest merch bundle because they're clearly a fan and you kind of my point of view on that is that well there's different kinds of fans there's different levels of fans like I don't like every single artist I listen to to the same degree there are some artists I listen to that I'll listen to a couple of songs and I really like those couple of songs because I really connect with them that I can take it or leave the rest of the discography. I'm not going to go buy a ticket, especially when it's a big artist as well. And, you know, the ticket's really expensive. I'm not necessarily going to go buy a ticket for their entire show because I know that I like a couple of songs. There's nothing wrong with that. That is fine. Fans don't owe you, or, you know, people listening to your music don't owe you anything just as much as you don't owe them anything by them streaming your music. You are both kind of providing a service to each other if they want to take that journey and you can kind of encourage them and incentivize them to take that journey with you, give them a reason to connect with you on a personal level, then great, do it. They don't owe you that though. You know what? That's really, really cool that you said that because I'm I'm quite pro Spotify. Mm-hmm. I love Spotify. And mm-hmm. um, 
people say it doesn't pay out much and things like that but um, (laughs) yeah it's there's um we've we've got an episode coming out on Riffyard about how the payment structure really works and stuff is really interesting you should do can you let me know because I have no clue I will totally (laughs) let you know yes it's quite convoluted so probably not for right now but I will definitely uh point you in the right direction um it's it's not as simple as Spotify don't pay artists. It's mm-hmm. it's all down to how the license agreement originally kicked off about it when um when Spotify first yeah. came about because everything has to be licensed and there has to be a deal struck and everything like that. So really, the people you should be hating is the big three main record labels. It's their fault. It's not Spotify's fault. There was a lot of. I mean, since music started, well, since music, the, the industry started, you know, there's been a lot of kind of mistakes made and misleading and things like that. So it doesn't surprise me. And I think, you, you know, if you even look a little bit into when music became digital, you know, MP3s became a thing. And essentially, you know, as I've researched it myself, um, you know, the labels kind of went, I'll be fine, no one will do it. And they didn't make put any protections in place they did the same with cd oh no one no one will no one will steal off the cds it's not going to happen they didn't put any protections in place and it's kind of like learn (laughs) learn from your mistakes and you know and i'd encourage every artist out there whether you're releasing songs or not if you are writing or doing anything creative learn how to make sure you have proof of your royalty rights and your copyright and it's a lot easier to do that than people think. Oh yeah, it's way easy to do it. Yeah, especially in the UK. You know, yeah. I used to I used to lecture this at university to students. It's um, you know, copyright law in the UK is probably some of the finest copyright law in the entire planet. Like, you just have to kind of do minimal stuff to go like, yeah, well, I did this first. As long as you got like clear proof about it, you're solid, you're safe, and you will get back up and legal. Mm legal backing and everything for like that if it ever came to it you know not many other places in the world who are like like the us is like a minefield of that stuff you know and it can change state to state as well like it's you know crazy there's um in terms of that stuff there's um a, a great documentary from jared letter and 30 seconds to mars that came out in 2009 called artifact which i always recommend someone to watch even if you don't like him or the band that's nice watching i used yeah. to i really into them to be fair Oh, right. right. Yeah. He's, well, he's, he's a pretty talented bloke, isn't he? But yeah, he has this um, amazing eye opener to how record companies really work and the legal side of things. And it's just like, you know, you, you really lifts the lid on it and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, you end up thinking, why on earth would you sign a deal? <laughs> you know? That's you know, what it's... I know, like about, you know, the kind of X Factor and voice and things like that. And I'm like, they're great. They're great for exposure, I guess. Um, they're not my thing. Mm. I have auditioned to be on something similar to that on TV. You know, I've been invited multiple times to audition, yet as I'm sure hundreds upon hundreds of people have. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I'm special or anything like that, um, but to audition for like the voice and things like that. But the, the most feedback that, you know, we got from uni as well and from people that have been offered the deal that you get at the end of it, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. And it gets you to sign away so much 
of yourself, your rights, and you're tied into this big thing. And, you know, people, I think people are more open to it now. You know, the general public have kind of had their eyes a little bit more open to it now, but it's still, you know, a shock um, to a lot of people. They kind of find out, you know, the actually ins and outs and how bad these deals can be, and always, but they can be on the artists. And, you know, oh yeah, you've won a show, but what have you actually won out of that? What are you tied into at the end of that? It can be really brutal. And then they wonder why a lot of these people do, you know, like the X Factor phenomenon, you know, they do one X Factor single and then they're nowhere to be seen. They're gone. Yeah, you know, it's uh, that's, it's crazy, that stuff. Mm. And always, always perplexing me because I would never understand why a lot of people would go, yeah, but that one single. <laughs> yeah, that one single. Yeah, it's usually a cover from someone else or it's it's like it's a really it's shit so Christmas song. It's you know? not, yeah, it's not like... It's not reality. That, that artist or that singer or, you know, that, that person really wanted to express. Mm. And that's why it is so important to support your grassroots artists 100%. and your upcoming people, your independents, because thankfully they've got the freedom to express who they really are, what they really want to. I'm not saying everybody on a major label, everybody you know who signed those things can't. There have been plenty of people that have come out of it and, and gone on to huge careers. But I think it is important to acknowledge that the grassroots scene is here and it deserves as much support as these massive TV shows do. They just don't have the budget. That's the only difference. 100%, man. 100%. Well, Amelia, thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> um, you know, that was great. Well got into it. I love that. I love I love being able to really shoot the shit there. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, so where can where can everyone come and find you on socials? So if you want less preachy stuff and just more stuff about my own music. <laughs> Um, I promise I'm not always like this I just like really getting into it I did a music business master's degree it's like a whole thing it's big interest of mine so you know um but yeah if you want less of that and just more of you know the content um it's Amelia Q Music pretty much everywhere apart from Twitter which it's Amelia Q Music because my name's too long excellent so and let's recap the year right so Wonder Lost and Breaking Rules November the 17th yeah that's yeah. a Riff Yard exclusive right it is a Richard exclusive, I think. Pretty sure it is. Well, I'll stamp it as well. We're going to go with it. Yeah, we're going to go with it. Go with that. Well, man, and congratulations on on getting, on not getting married, on about to be getting married in the summer. That's going to be awesome. Hope you have a killer time. And let's let's hook up again when it's near a release date and uh, let's see how your year's gotten on. It'll be great, man. It'll have all gone to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, thank you so much for your time. You take it easy, man. You too. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. We'll speak. We'll speak to you soon.